0: Welcome back silver and black today, the Thursday edition. We're in the home stretch. We're going to do a Ron Robbins segment. Now we talked about the defense. We talked up front about uh-uh, Raquan Smith. Isn't worth it. He's not coming to the Raiders. I will eat a shoe if he does, by the way. <laughs> uh, and I meant that. Or if you want to bet me hundred dollars on Twitter, hit me up. I'll bet you hundred dollars. We'll set a date and I'll win some money. Let's do it. Uh, Scott Cobranson, <laughs> Mo Moten with you here, silver and black today and odyssey original podcast thank you so much for being with us do us a favor subscribe wherever you may be we appreciate that that supports what we do here and we appreciate your support thank you all right so mo let's jump in uh to some 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 general stuff i looked at um the game coming up against the vikings i looked at the depth chart not a lot of change there obviously we talked about brandon parker being out we haven't had any update officially on if he's on IR, there was uh, uh, an erroneous report earlier that he might be on IR. There's a lot of video people out there saying he's on IR and he's gone for the year. Not true. We have not heard that yet from the Raiders. Uh, but you look at that offensive line with, with Simpson, James, um, um, and Lester Cotton, and then, of course, Having uh, Brandon Parker, he's listed on the depth chart, uh, but we've, he's not practiced all week. Jermaine Illuminor, let's talk about him, actually. We, didn't, we haven't talked about him. Uh, when you talk about Illuminor, uh, he has played really well, too. You commented to me, actually, after the last game, boy, there was some really good spots. And, and you felt maybe he wasn't getting enough, uh, I wouldn't say hype, but he's not getting enough credit for how well he played at times.
1: Yeah, he played well, I believe, on both sides of the line. And I even before the preseason, I said, I think Jermaine Illuminar is the dark horse to get that right tackle job because he played the position under Josh McDaniels in New England. And I thought he held his own out there. And if, if Alex Hutherford is not up to it, Brandon Parker, as as you just mentioned, not practicing. Uh, As you mentioned, the report said that he was on IR. I'm not saying that he's not going to eventually be on IR, that he's not hurt. Apparently he is hurt, but he is not on IR as we are recording this. So just take that, you know, at yep. face value right now. But uh, I think Jermaine Illuminar is the guy you want to look at. If he plays well again against the Vikings and throughout the preseason, I think he could still win that position, especially if Brandon Parker doesn't return anytime soon. I think it opens it up for a battle between Illuminar, who's a veteran, and the one who's going to his second year. So... With a guy like that, who's experienced and a veteran, that, that's great insurance. But I still would say the Raiders need to go out and get another offensive tackle just for the depth.
0: Yeah. And then also this week that made some news and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it because <laughs> we mentioned at the top of the show and fans really liked it was uh, we had a scuffle, a kerfuffle at Raiders practice the other day uh, between Max Crosby and rookie Dylan Parham. And there was all sorts of funny memes and who won the fight and all this kind of stuff. To me, that is a good thing coming out of camp, right? Because they, and, and they asked Parham about it at the press conference. He had, he, he was part of the press conference on Tuesday, if I remember correctly. And they asked him about it. He said, Hey, you know what? We're out there. We're fighting. And we took care of it in the locker room. <laughs> right. That's what yeah. you want to hear. You and, and by the way, it's hot. You're in camp. You've been working your tails off. And if you're a rookie, you got Max Crosby and, and look, Max is awesome, but Max is talking trash. You know, he is to the rookie and he's trying to teach them a lesson and they're trying to, to, to get them to understand what it is to be a professional at this level. And so that, that boils over sometimes and you get some fisticuffs, but I, I look at that as a good thing. Uh, and it shows that the kid's got some spirit and he's not going to back down even to a wily veteran.
1: Yeah, competitive fire, that's all that is to me because our camp fights are more common than people think. Of course, it gets played mm-hmm. on Twitter because it's like, oh, fight, fight. But it's, it, you know, as as Parham said, you, you fight it out, you do get out on the field, you go back to the locker room, you patch it up, your boys, you have a drink, you have some food, and you talk it out. It's over, and you get over it. What you don't want is guys getting hurt from these fights right. or lingering bad blood. That's when you have a problem.
0: Yeah, now, Mo, we talk about uh, uh, Sunday's game. It's the last game of the preseason week one uh, with the Raiders uh, being the latest game on that Sunday. Um, when you look at this and, and we saw what we saw come out of Canton, we talked about that, uh, obviously, over the last two shows uh, on our post-game show. And then, of course, again on Tuesday after we had time to watch film. Now, you look at this team going in and playing at home for the first time in the preseason um, and and knowing what they need to work out. We're still looking at that offensive line and what's going to happen there. What else on offense do you want to see uh, in this game as far as progression with this offense starting to click and work together, knowing that most of the high-end starters are not going to play?
1: I want to see one of those wide receivers get out there and claim that wide receiver three position. Uh, T. Billy dropped a big catch in the, in the first game. He said he owes Raider Nation one. I felt like he could have separated himself with that catch. He's got to go out there and he's got to redeem himself. Uh, Matt Collins, I believe, had one catch in that in that, in that Hall of Fame game. Uh, Keelan Cole got banged up, of course, but he's going to be okay. Didn't have a ton of production. Uh, but you want to see someone, DeMarcus Robinson even, he's included in that group. You want to see one of those guys claim that spot just in case, again, you need a depth to to fill out that position, to round out that spot, just in case Hunter Renfro is not available, just in case Devonte Adams is available. And I think the Raiders really would want a big play receiver, and that's why I stick to saying that's why I think T-Billy, Tyron Johnson, is going to claim that spot because he is the big play guy. I know he's wearing number one, so he looks like Deshaun Jackson out there, but he has the speed. He just needs to get it together with his hands. If he does that, he'll be the guy.
0: We also saw in the game against the Jags um, that we saw more of the, the the two, three, and four tight ends when you look at Bowers. Horstead and of course, Foster Moreau. Um, I think I need, I, I want to see more there too. I want to see more of those plays designed for tight ends and and see who shakes out there. We know Foster Moreau is entrenched as the number two. I believe uh, they're committed to him. He has the talent, all of that stuff. But, but past that, the Nick Bowers, the, the Jesper Horstead, um, um, those guys, I want to see them use more. I want to see who emerges there. It's, it's one of the only question marks on the offense that I can think of.
1: Keep an eye on Jacob Hollister. I think he's. Ah. I think it surprised a lot of people. He he's been in New England and he had a couple of productive years in, with the Seattle Seahawks as a pass catcher. So I think he's a sleeper to watch. If he pops, uh, he could buy, probably beat out one of those guys for the third spot on that on that depth chart. Maybe the Raiders keep four tight ends. We'll see.
0: There you go. Uh, Mostodamas speaks um, as we, as we go along. Of course, we'll see more of Jarrett Stidham and Nick Mullins. Uh, Stidham did such a good job I anticipate that that he'll get more I wonder if they're going to give Mullins more time this game or do you think they're just going to go with with Stidham uh, and that maybe just maybe I know it's really early that he's built up that lead because he knows the offense because he's close to McDaniels uh, and he performed so well in that first game
1: I would think the coach staff will want to keep that going with Stidham just to see him pan out because he had it rough in New England, didn't do much there. So just to see him come around and look good in that preseason matchup. I know it's just a preseason Hall of Fame game against the Jaguars, but you can only play well against the competition in front of you. And he checked that box. So I think he's probably going to get the first crack and then Mullins get the second half maybe. And then it will flip it on the following week against the Dolphins. Maybe Mullen gets the first crack and then Stidham gets in in the second half.
0: Absolutely, and then of course everybody's still excited. There's still a long honeymoon with Zamir White, and and I, as I said early in the season, I think Zamir White's going to be on this roster whether. And now I think he has a better chance of making the actual roster instead of just being on the practice squad, or he might be on the practice squad depending what they do, um, based on other positions that they feel are important. Uh, but but the kid's excited, people. He runs hard, and so I anticipate uh, we might see more of him. Uh, this time than we did. He got plenty of time last time, but I, I think that they they really want to make him get into the rhythm and into the field.
1: Yeah, and I'll say this again. I believe I said this last week. I think it's a 0% chance zamir White goes on the practice squad after what he did. I know, again, I know it's just one performance, one outing, but a guy like that who's basically, I want to say a replica of Josh Jacobs, but he runs similar to Josh Jacobs. That's not a guy you want to leave out there in a practice squad, even if you're, if you're protecting him. But as you say, he's going to get a lot of run. Uh, I think Josh Jacobs is also going to play because as I wrote in a mm-hmm. piece today, Damian Harris, who is the lead running back for the Patriots, played in all three preseason games last year with the Patriots. He had 14 carries with 60 yards and a touchdown. So mm-hmm. I don't want to hear the Josh Jacobs trade chatter raised to a high volume again when he takes the field Sunday against the Vikings and again against the Dolphins. This is standard procedure for Josh McDaniels. He wants his running backs to get on the field and field the hits get tackled because he said you can't simulate that at practice like you can simulate it in a live game but back to zamir white i think he's going to continue to look good and i think you're going to continue to see that one two punch with him and jacobs look great and possibly balance that offense this year
0: so let me ask you that question a player we both like and talked about last year before he got injured was Kenyon drake how does Kenyon drake get carries
1: yeah, I, I was actually high, and if you could rerun the show, I actually was high on Kenyon Drake coming into the preseason. I felt like he could do a lot better than he did last year, My even with, you know, coming off of an ankle injury. But believe he only had five carries for nine yards in the preseason game, got nicked up, had to come off the field, just one outing. But I think with the emergence of Zamir White, if he looks good again, mm. I think Kenyon Drake is going to just be more of a pass catcher uh, along with Brandon Bolden and, and yeah. just – and have – very few carries and you just leave the carries to Josh Jacobs and Zemir White as a one-two punch.
0: Yeah. And then we switch sides now, Mo, and we talk about uh, Sunday's game with the Vikings uh, on defense. Um, uh, clearly we just spent a lot of time in the first part of the show talking about linebackers. Uh, D- Divine Diablo, of course, out there as well. Malcolm Koontz um, at end did well in the last game. Cleveland Farrell. Um, we, we talked about it weeks ago that, that he's not going to get cut because of the the, the, the money involved okay. here but but do we need to see more from him uh than we did in canton a little bit i mean he played not significantly didn't make any significant play had some pressures but malcolm Kuntz actually to me was a little more impressive uh what does he have to do does he does he get maybe some more snaps here or or do you think that maybe he's going to have trouble cracking in there
1: well he's he's you know missed practices because of injury so mm-hmm. i think he he def- has to get on the field. Um, I think just because he's going to be playing a very role, as I just mentioned earlier in the show, I think he'll be on a defensive line in certain packages and I think he'll be rushing, standing up uh, from the stand up position, rushing the passer too. So I think he has to get out there just to get himself used to playing multiple positions. So I would like to see him hopefully he's healthy enough to take the field and show something out there. But as you said, he's not going to get cut just be simply because of his contract. It's just a matter of how many reps is he going to get, how many snaps is he going to get behind Max Crosby and Chandler Jones because Koontz, as you said, a lot more impressive than people thought. I believe he had three pressures in that in that game against yeah. the Jaguars. I wouldn't pencil him as the third edge rusher yet because I think the Reds can maybe entertain bringing in a guy or another edge rusher, who knows. But our Cleveland Feller just definitely has to get out there just to get himself you know, used to that defense and Patrick Graham's scheme.
0: And finally, based on what we saw against Jacksonville, uh, defensive backfield, what, who are you intrigued to see based on how they played last week uh, to build on and to continue to maybe gain some momentum?
1: Not a lot of people are talking about this guy, but Darius Phillips, uh, yeah. he, he combined, he, yes, he combined with Tyreek Gillespie to force a fumble. I believe Ron Harmon picked up that fumble. I recovered it for the Raiders. I want to see more from him Uh Looked at as a special teams guy, but he could play in the dime. Maybe he could play on the outside and inside. The Raiders moved him both to the slot and to the boundary. So if he looks good against the Vikings, maybe he has a bigger role than a lot of people thought. I believe he had three picks in one year with the Bengals. So he's not, he's not, he's not as slouch as people think he is. He could play on defense if you need him to.
0: Yeah, no question. Uh, it'll be good. Uh, uh, so we'll see, we'll see who gets in. Obviously, it's still game number one. I, I don't think we'll see until that third game. Uh, some of these starters maybe get in and get a series or two. Um, probably not on offense. I think Derek Carr might throw a couple passes in the last game, uh, and that's about it as usual. Uh, but because of Josh McDaniels and his difference, and some of these positions you'll start you'll see these guys. And I think the offensive line will continue the grind because they got to figure it out. Uh, and they haven't made any moves as we record the show right now. So so who knows what's going on there? But we'll we'll see as we get uh, further along into this preseason. All right. So now M- Mo mentioned, uh, you know, guys fighting on the field during camp, it happens. And then they go in the locker room, they have a drink, they have some food and it blew me away because Mo and I have disagreements on food. We have disagreements on mint chip ice cream. <laughs> I think that's really the only thing, right. And, and the coffee ice cream thing, that that's it. But that's correct. You, you <laughs> insulted those of us from the West coast when you talked about In-N-Out being trash, being as bad as McDonald's, and I, I just have to understand it because, you know, we have a lot of – Raider Nation is worldwide, but we have a lot of listeners on the West Coast, clearly. And, mm-hmm. and that is sacrilege, my man. So, so tell us – you've obviously had In-N-Out, so tell us why you think In-N-Out is terrible. Go.
1: You know, it might have been strong on Twitter. I I I, I went. I realized that I'm on the stand right now. You know, the the, the beam is on me. But I, I just felt like, okay, I may have had you know some French fries or whatever from In-N-Out, and I just felt like, you know, a little overplayed. But I'm. I, I'll just say this. I'm on the. I'm on the East Coast, okay. So we yeah. don't have In-N-Out over here. So maybe nope. I need to try it a few more times. So In-N-Out is not over here in New York
0: City. Oh, but- some openness.
1: Yes, I'm being honest here, but, but I will say I love Shake Shack, love Chick Fil A.
0: I love. And the Shake- minute, yeah, I do too, both. The,
1: the minute, the minute I had both of those, I yeah. immediately fell in love. I didn't immediately fall in love with in and out. So that that's- yeah, it, it,
0: No, and and I love Shake Shack, and actually, where I'm in in Ohio now, they're actually building one down the street, which is very exciting because they don't have any here at all. We had them in Vegas, and of course, when I was in New York, I, I, and when I was doing, when I was in boxing at, at Barclays in Brooklyn, there's one right across the street. So that's where I would go for my pre-fight meal every single time uh, to Shake Shack. So, so I love Shake Shack and, and Chick Fil A, obviously. And we have Canes. You guys don't have Canes up there, do you? We don't have. But Canes, canes are chicken fingers. I don't eat chicken sandwiches at Canes. I always tell people because people get in arguments. I'm like, no, Canes for chicken fingers, and I like the fries because I like crinkle fries. And then for sandwiches, you go to Chick Fil A. Especially the spicy one. Right. So so I get it. But in and out, see, that's the thing too, is it's sort of like the Biggie versus Tupac, right? It's the East Coast, wow. West Coast, right? I, yes. And so 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 you grew up on the East Coast. So you think East Coast hip hop is better. And if you grew up on the West Coast, you think West Coast is better. And in reality, they're both good. But nonetheless, so you go, so you go from the East Coast to the West Coast. And I forgot the the, the guy on Twitter who brought this up and did the list. But but you remember his <laughs> who it was? AJ Comatose. AJ so, Comatose. That's right. You Thank go. you very much. So AJ, shout out. Shout out to shout um, out to AJ. Even though his food takes off. Anyway, so 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 <laughs> you go from you go if you're if you're New York or Baltimore or DC wherever you may be and you go to the West Coast. you Oh, In and Out. I got to go In and Out. But you're a Five Guys greasy tinfoil guy with the greasy bag fries, which I like too. By the and way, and
1: see, and see, I'm not a Five Guys guy either. I I, mm. I just feel like. To me, I feel like the fries are kind of dry for me, but that's yeah. just my opinion. Yeah, uh, I had I actually worked near Five Guys, and people at my job loved it. I was not I was yeah, it's kind of in between with it. But yeah. AJ actually yeah. is out there in the West Coast, so if if he's saying it's trash and he's out there, he's in the vicinity. Is he from the East Coast though? This stuff. He is. He. I think he's from uh, the DMV. I think he's from the DMV area. But he's okay. There you yeah, go. He's there now. He's he's on the west coast now, and and he would know better than me. I, now I want to also clarify a quote. I didn't say that In and Out was the McDonald's of the west coast. That was someone who tweeted at <laughs> me and said that, who also lives on the west coast. I yeah. just co-signed it because I don't love In n Out. By the way, I don't eat McDonald's either. But um, yeah, I I stick with Shake Shack, Chick fil A. Those are my go tos for burger fries. I want that, that, that's where I'm headed to. I'm not, I, even if they I, were I, to build an in and out here, I'm not sure I would gravitate toward it.
0: So, so two things. One is, I will eat a fish filet at McDonald's, number one. Number oh, two, gosh. maybe that's my, the growing up as a Catholic, you know, Fridays, you didn't have very many options. So you got fish wherever you could get fish. But secondarily, the thing with in and out that we have to make clear, and I think this is what people don't understand because if you haven't lived in California, I grew up mostly in California, is when I was a kid and we would ditch high school, Yes. I would surprise. That's why I didn't get into Harvard. I ditched high school. Um, We would drive because back then in San Diego, we didn't have in and outs. The closest, the closest one was in a a place in Orange County called Mission Viejo. So we would literally ditch to go to in and out for lunch. So, so food like music, right. Has a connection to memories, and so the thing with In-N-Out was that's, so for me, it's a memory, number one, but number two, In-N-Out, it's California, man. Everything's, you know, natural, man. How you doing, man? So, so In-N-Out is very clean. If you eat it, it's very clean. So people who are used to a more robust burger that's got greasy and all that kind of stuff with a, a shiny bun and all, they don't, they don't necessarily like it because they're like, what is this? You know it's actually all natural and it's cooked to order. And it's the, so, so I think that's why, but in and out, I'm sorry for my West coast peeps. It's, it's sacrilege to say that it just is. Now I'm not saying there's not people on the West coast who don't like in and out. Cause there are, there's plenty of them, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, that one, that one surprised me and I'll stick up for that because I lived on the West coast for so long. I got so sick of East coast bias and now there's East coast bias on burgers.
1: It's Biggie over Tupac over here, people.
0: (laughs) Pick a side. But I will tell you. Yes. I will tell you in California, though, Mexican food don't even get me started because Baja Mexican food, because just like food in the United States, it's regional, right? So if you go to the Northeast, you get certain food, right? Pizza, hot dogs. I'm talking just just street food. Uh, Whereas you go to Mexican food in the East Coast or in the South or in the Midwest, It's very central Mexico. It's red sauces. It's spicy. On the West Coast, Mexican food is from Baja California, so it's much different. So a lot of people go out there, they have Mexican food, and they're like, what is this? What's this shredded beef? I want ground beef. right? what? So anyway, so I think that the regional differences in food are interesting, and and people are adventurous. They want to try them, but they necessarily don't rank them higher because you're used to what you're used to.
1: Maybe I have to spend two weeks on the West Coast, and maybe it'll change my mind. (laughs) I'll spend if I spend two weeks on the West Coast, I'll eat In-N-Out every other day, and I'll report back to you.
0: So, so a couple of things about In-N-Out. Number one, the highest-grossing In-N-Out store in the entire chain is on the UNLV campus. So I used to go when I was in school there. It's literally on the campus, okay, right on the edge. And then the largest neon freestanding neon sign in the world is the In-N-Out sign right off of Tropicana and I-15, just down the way from Allegiant Stadium in and out and then last last fact they are building a new in and out right across the street from Allegiant stadium so that tells you it's a
1: little i sense a little bias here scott
0: (laughs) it is uh, next next week i'll wear my uh in and out t-shirt on the show no (laughs) anyway (laughs) but uh but anyway so so that's okay but but then we'll have to someday get into new york versus chicago pizza
1: oh that's an easy that's an easy debate new york all the way that's a very well it depends that's a very very (laughs) easy
0: we'll we'll talk about it as well uh but that was it we we were by the the way
1: in and out if you want to sponsor the show i'm not against that um if you still in and out the door is open if you want to sponsor the show feel free to dm me we can talk this out
0: hit the dms um (laughs) some people have girls most got fast food chains (laughs) <laughs> but yes, 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 and and our our salespeople at Odyssey, I will send them a note and saying, hey, In and Out, Mo's on board. If if they start feeding him and like FedExing him packages, he might like it. So let's yeah, let's get that, that done. We'll, we'll we'll figure that out. Uh, but no, there's also an In and Out right down the street from the Raiders headquarters, so it's everywhere. Um, all right, so that's going to do it. And and I I have a feeling we might have a question about food in tomorrow's show on friday's show which is our q a show our mailbag show our email show whatever you want to call it uh we may have a question about food who knows i I would guess because we talk about it so much that we will but that's going to close out this show we will be not only uh, back tomorrow with the q a show but then of course on sunday evening we will do our post game show uh, after the raiders and vikings to give you our first take of course murph from Raiders fan radio will be with us. He'll do our voice of the fan segment. uh, And he is a really well-informed, educated fan. And we got such great response on that. So thank you guys for the feedback. We're looking forward to having him on as well. So uh, that's going to close it out. Mo, always fun. We'll talk to you tomorrow, man.
1: Yeah, we'll talk tomorrow and we'll have your questions.
0: We will. And, And maybe Mo will answer some of them.
1: Maybe one or two. (laughs)
0: <laughs> doesn't mean doesn't mean you'll get the answer you want but he will answer them yes yes because we're here to serve we are servant leaders we're ready
1: we're here, all right here for the community
0: that's right Raider Nation baby okay uh, so for Mo Moten I am Scott Cabranson. this of course has been silver and black today make sure you subscribe to the podcast audio wise wherever you get your podcast or on youtube here if you're watching us so thank you very much for doing that you guys are awesome we have the best listeners and best viewers there are we appreciate you more than you'll ever know so thank you thank you thank you until tomorrow friday our q a show make sure you stay safe out there make sure you're good to one another raider nation and we'll talk to you tomorrow